Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Joshua Beck and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Joshua Beck. Well, thank you very much for joining us here on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host, Dr. Joshua Beck, is here, and he is ready to rock and roll. He's, you can find him at the WellMed Clinic at Loop 410 in Centerview. He drives a long way to get here to the studio, but so far you've been making it for every show. A little tardy today, but I was able to make it after all. And your weekend was good? It was good. It was very, very nice. Well, we're going to Relaxing. talk. We're yeah. going to talk a little bit about something that I know is near and dear to your heart, and that's the whole question of diet, exercise, diabetes, and how to control hypertension. Hmm. And we've got a special guest who is here in our studio today, Dr. Clint Anderson. He's with the Family Medical Home Physicians here in San Antonio. He's a graduate of UTMB in Galveston and did his residency at Christus Santa Rosa, uh, right here in San Antonio. Undergraduate degree from Texas A and M. Whoop. And uh, we're delighted to have you here in the studio. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. And you admit to being a Cowboys fan. Oh, yeah. And we're having a great season, too. So uh, I definitely admit this over here. Now, you grew up down in Brownsville, and you, you were telling me that you absolutely love South Texas. Oh, I, I can't get away from it, uh, especially uh, this area is near and dear to my heart. Uh, South Padre Island in Brownsville. Uh, spent a lot of time out there. Believe me, it's a quick four-hour drive for me. Uh, and I just love the food just as much as the next guy. Uh, I have a hard time staying away. I have my wife down there as well. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a really great place to live. But you did mention to me that a diet of big red chips and a whole kind of stuff is not good for you. But it tastes really great. It may. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not a big red fan. So it's, it's a tough argument, right? Uh, how, how do you get everyone to go against their instincts? Uh, do what tastes great, what feels good. It's a hard call. Yeah, close your eyes and think of the repercussions later, huh? Uh, yeah. yeah. Or ignore it. Or no, ignore it. Or yeah. Exactly. I mean, it, you, you feel great eating a, a slab of fajitas, don't you? Of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And everything else that isn't good for you, including refried beans, mm-hmm. right? Oh, man, you're talking about the good stuff, yeah. I could, I could eat some menudo and some, and some taquitos just as much as the next guy. Uh, open up a cold one, uh, believe me, I, I'm, I'm in on that, that train. Uh, but but uh, everything in moderation, right? But when you were in a marching band playing the French horn, you kept the weight off because you were really active. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you need both uh, diet and exercise. And, and what I'm really talking about in exercise is constant cardiovascular exercise. And I think that, that tends to be what we, my patients uh, may shy away from. Uh, it's easy to go run into your uh, bedroom, you know, lift a dumbbell. Uh, but can you keep your, your heart rate up? Can you keep moving? Keep those legs moving. Keep those arms moving. Uh, that's a big call. And especially, uh, you know, I, I, I understand it. Everyone's got a busy life. Uh, but we've got we to gotta make these changes. So what do you do for exercise? Uh, right now, I, I just enjoy uh, jogging. I enjoy jogging and walking. Uh, I do try to, to swim, use my bike as much as possible. I was a catcher when I was younger. Believe me, I ain't got the, the sharpest knees anymore. Well, you look uh, like a yeah. catcher. I would have guessed that. Yeah, so I got, I got a, like I said, I got, you know, I'll have that early onset osteoarthritis. I know it's coming. And uh, because of that, uh, I make sure and work on my quads. I make sure and swim in the pool. I 
take advantage of my bike, use those low impact exercises, including the elliptical. Uh, these are the things that really help, uh, and I'm able to to keep my, my my try to keep my weight under control. The moral here is exercise. You know, is good for you. That's the point we're trying to get across. Heck yeah. Good, you know, old-fashioned exercise. You know, you can't wish the weight away. You can't wish, uh, you know, your diabetes to get better on its own or the, you know, high blood pressure to get better on its own. you got to do something about it, and diet and exercise are key. And the challenge, of course, we know from scientific evidence that uh, if you put the weight on, if you don't exercise, you're at risk for type 2 diabetes. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, and that's the concern. I mean, we we need yeah. The body responds to exercise in such a way that it it can help control your blood sugar, especially those those hard to treat patients, those ones that we're trying to really get off of medication. Believe us, that that that's the goal. Uh, but you really have to to give that that effort, uh, in, in especially in the cardiovascular exercise. Now, he's Dr. Clint Anderson, our guest today on WellMed Radio. He's with the Family Medical Home Physicians here in San Antonio. Dr. Joshua Beck, our co-host, is here. I'm Ron Aaron, and we thank you for joining us on WellMed Radio. And, and Dr. Anderson, when you think about all of the factors we've been talking about, diet, exercise, eating right, uh, how does that relate to hypertension? So the way blood pressure really works, and, and remember that when, when we're talking about uh, sugar, salt, uh, cholesterol, these are all things that influence our blood vessels, right? And blood vessels are obviously one of the most vital parts of our or, uh, organ systems. Uh, it supplies oxygen, supplies blood to everything. Uh, when it comes to blood pressure, we, we really just uh, we need to work on our salt intake. Uh, we need to make you mean sure. work on reducing our salt intake because exactly. I'm pretty good at working on that salt intake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and 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 you know you'd be surprised. It's it's not the salt that we're adding on. You know that that's pretty visible. You, know, you can control that, but it's the salt that's hidden in foods that kind of gets people in trouble, uh, especially these TV dinners, easy to eat, uh, going out to eat. Uh, the way frozen dinners. Uh, oh yeah, I mean believe mm-hmm. me, it's 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 prevalent, and I know they're out there. Uh, so we we just need to reduce. Uh, you know, you need some fresh food. Uh, and they put the salt in, Dr. Beck, to make it taste good for people to eat. They do, right? The saltier, the better, huh? The We're better trained it tastes, that way. Right? Nobody likes bland meat, bland steak. You know, they like the salty stuff. But I always tell my patients, you know, and especially the diabetics and those with high blood pressure, you know, and particularly the diabetics, you know, the ones that are overweight and can, you know, can stand to, to lose some weight and really don't exercise and don't diet, that's probably the single biggest change that they could make that will impact their diabetes more than medication would be to lose the weight. You know, unfortunately, the diabetics that come in that are thin, you know, well, then you, you really can't do a lot. You know, sometimes you have to put them on medication if, if, you know, diet alone won't work. But the ones that are overweight, the biggest impact that they can make is to lose the weight. And how do they lose the weight? By changing their diet, watching what they eat, you know, calorie consumption, and then exercise, 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 big is biggest key. Well, a lot of us are on the see-it diet. I see it, I eat it. Mm-hmm. You see it, yeah. Unfortunately, the jaw muscle exercise, you know, is not enough to get you to lose the weight, you know. So what do you do for the thin type 2 diabetic? Well, you can, you, you know, you still follow the same guidelines, the same principles. You still tell them to diet and exercise. You know, obviously the exercise will still help lower their blood pressure, will help with cholesterol reduction, um, and will still help with blood sugar control, but but you know you know depending on how poorly controlled their diabetes is, you know they may be diet controlled or they may require medication. So unfortunately, you know for them, uh, you know medication may be something that they have to be on. You know diet 
or diet and exercise don't work alone. But for those that are overweight, I mean, I, I mean, if they are really overweight, I've had patients, you know, that were extremely overweight, lost like 30, 40 pounds and came off of anything, you know, off of their medication. I had one that came off insulin. He was on insulin, lost like 30 or 40 pounds, came off everything because his labs came back great. You know, he was feeling better and, you know, he, he did it. So it's possible, you know, you just have to work, work on it. Now, what you said to me, Dr. Anderson, as we were sitting and chatting, uh, before we went on the air, uh, was you like to look at the ABCs? Absolutely. So your your A being your A1C, so our, our sugar control, B being your blood pressure, which we, we've kind of touched on, uh, and maintaining your salt, and then C being your cholesterol. These are all the things that kind of gum up the work there uh, to increase our chance for having strokes, uh, you know, these heart attacks, these big scary things that we're trying to avoid. And A1C will show you what? The A1C shows your average blood sugar over the last three months, uh, so there's there's no playing with it. You don't have to be fasting, uh, and uh, eating that muffin before you came to see me isn't going to make it go through the roof. It has to have been a muffin every morning. How many people have said that to you? But, Doctor, that A1C may be high, but I had the jelly donut before oh, I've I heard, Yeah, we've I heard the story. I was going to say, yeah. Dr. Anderson and I have probably heard that. Oh, yeah, you know, well, I had a piece of cake yesterday. You know, maybe that's why my A1C is high. And I'm like, yeah, it really doesn't work that way. You know, maybe maybe your blood sugar for for that lab draw, but it's not going to impact you know the A one C or the control for the past ninety days or three months. So that's really what we use as our focal point uh, to determine you know what medication we give, whether they need insulin, whether they can be diet controlled, whether they have diabetes or don't have diabetes. It's one of the tools that we have to diagnose and and to help uh, manage. And what is the uh, A1C that you look for that tells you, hey, we're okay here? Uh, well, it depends, you know, so for diabetics. So, you know, if you have a diagnosis, of, I mean, the guidelines really change. So the guidelines have changed. It used to be 7% or below, but now it depends on your age and your comorbidities. You know, you can be a little lenient in people that have serious risk factors, serious heart problems, COPD, you know, uh, renal disease. Uh, they're elderly, you know, maybe you don't have to have that tight, tight, tight control. Uh, but seven, seven, you know, 7% is a good, you know, a good uh, control, you know, a good, a good percentage. Uh, six, 6.5% above would be considered diabetes. If you're looking at that as a measure for, for diagnosing diabetes, 6.5% is above because the people that don't have diabetes usually have an A1C of 5.5% or below. So 5.5 to 6.5 would be your pre-diabetic range. So if you bring it down, you follow, mm-hmm. you know, the Anderson-Beck rule, mm-hmm. diet, exercise, Mm-hmm. Watch what you eat. Cut back on salt. You come down below 6.0. Are you no longer a type 2 diabetic? You'll always be considered, and I'm sure Dr. Anderson will agree, you'll always be considered a diabetic once you've been labeled as a diabetic, once you've been diagnosed. I shouldn't say labeled, but once you've been officially diagnosed. Uh, but you would be considered a diet-controlled diabetic. So, you know, for me, you know, I see a lot of elderly patients, so I usually don't put people on medication unless they're above 7% or they have some finding that would be suggestive of diabetes like diabetic polyneuropathy. Or they and that have, would be what? Uh, neuro- numbness, tingling, burning of the feet or of the legs, the lower, lower extremities, or if they have, you know, diabetic findings in their eyes or they have renal disease. So usually I'll try to control it with diet, you know, until it gets above 7%. Uh, but, you know, it, it depends. Everybody practices differently. So usually that's what I do. Obviously, if the patient is 40 or 30 or, you know, 
50, they're younger, then maybe you want to be a little bit more aggressive than, you know, in the, in the elderly. So Now, mm-hmm. it used to be type 2 diabetics were much older, but uh, folks are seeing younger and younger people, Dr. Anderson, with type 2 diabetes. Uh, absolutely, yeah. See, and, and that's something I got to see growing up there in the Valley. Uh, you know, the things that our public schools are, are giving our children sometimes, uh, the, the lifestyle that we have, our go, go, go. Uh, parents just have enough time to grab some McDonald's chicken nuggets on the way home, and, and that's what they get every day. You mean that uh, sloppy joe isn't healthy? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it tastes great, believe yeah. me. But well, they don't do sloppy <laughs> joes anymore. Yeah, or cheese pizzas, you know, that's what I always got, the round little cheese pizza. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure those are uh, 200 calories and less. Hold that thought. Dr. Anderson, Dr. Yeah. Beck, I'm Ron Aaron. You're listening to WellMed Radio with our very special guest today from a local clinic, family, medical home physicians, Dr. Clint Anderson. Caregiving is incredibly difficult and challenging for thousands of people caring for someone they love. It's a job that is demanding and often feels as if it's never-ending. Caregivers feel alone and lonely. That's where Caregiver SOS On Air comes to the rescue. This half-hour weekly program features nationally known gerontologist Carol Zerniel and attorney and veteran broadcaster Ron Aaron. Ooh, that's me. And remember... Caregiver SOS On Air, Saturdays at 7.30 a.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, and Sundays at 12.30 p.m. on Freedom, 1160 KRDY. Well, we are so pleased you were with us today on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Joshua Beck, and our special guest today, Dr. Clint Anderson. He's with Family Medical Home Physicians right here in San Antonio, a graduate of UTMB Medical School in Galveston, undergrad at Texas A&M, and uh, it's delightful to have you here. You watched that football game Saturday? Howdy, yeah, I, I did. I, I did watch that game. I had a little bit more, a little high, a little higher hopes against Auburn. Uh, I really thought that our running game needs a lot of work, and and we're really, you know, we lost a great running back last year, so we're yeah. we're paying for it. Well, they'll come back. Yeah, and then and we, you know, I think Jimbo has a lot to build on. Uh, That'd be Jimbo you know, Fisher. He needs coach. he needs his guys first, uh, and let, let's let's leave the evaluation until then. And uh, as my wife says at A and M, you never lose; you just run out of time. Yeah, exactly. You'll never see him quit. Well, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever been tempted to quit on a patient who doesn't listen, who's non-compliant, who's got a life-threatening illness that you know you can control with diet, exercise, and maybe some meds? I, I think that the temptation can be there. Uh, but no, I, I find that, it's, uh, you know, it, I will go the extra mile with my patient. And, and it really is working together, right? Neither of us can do it alone. You have to put in a little bit. I have to put in a little bit, and together we can we can do something about it. And I think at Wellmed you try to get the patient involved in uh, planning their own course of treatment. Yeah, I was going to say I hear that all the time where they're like, "Well, you're the doctor, you know, make make the decision." Make I'm me like, better. No, this is a joint decision. You mm-hmm. know, I give, I tell them, you know, I'm not a dictator. I, you know, I'm I'm sure there's provider dictators, you know, that like to say what they want to do, but I always tell them, you know, I just give you the advice. And I give you the recommendation, and then it's up to you to make the decision, you know, as far as what medication we're going to put you on, if we're going to go up, if we're going to go down. Um, and so it really needs, you really need to involve patients in their care because that's how they take ownership 
as opposed to, you know, because, you know, they agree that they're going to do something and they agree that they're going to take whatever medication or work on their diet, lose weight. And so it really, really is a way to, to make uh, patients responsible uh, and to try to help. But, yeah, we all, we all have, have those patients that, you know, the numbers keep going up and up and up. And, uh, and, and they you, find excuses. And they tell you that they're taking the medication. But, you know, you, you look at the labs and you know that that's not the case. Uh, you know, or, or maybe, you know, they skip doses. And so it's just more about education. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit more about high blood pressure because I don't think folks understand what it does to us, Dr. Anderson. Uh, so, why, why is it bad? So you can imagine as, as, you're, as these, these vessels are having to tolerate these increased pressures, this demand, uh, they start to harden up. And when they start to harden up, the blood ain't going where it's supposed to go. Uh, instead of getting to your brain, instead of getting to the kidney, instead of getting to the heart muscle, uh, it just simply doesn't get there. And that, that's obviously a big detriment. Uh, and, and this is not something that happens over one, one day to the next. Uh, you know, blood pressure is really finicky. And I think if you talk to any physician, they all have a little bit of a different uh, schema as far as how to diagnose blood pressure. But, you know, you start seeing those consistently elevated pressures. And there are different goals for different ages, uh, especially depending on age and other comorbidities. But uh, what you're really... You're, Comorbidity means other illnesses. Yeah, other, other, yes, as far as, you know, having uh, diabetes and, and these, these other things that can also influence those, those little blood vessels. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're trying to get all under control at once. You can't ignore any part of of the ABCs or you're going to get in trouble. Now, when I was a kid, uh, we always used to hear, well, you know, high blood pressure is a silent killer. Mm-hmm. You don't know you have it. Because most true? people don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. Most people are asymptomatic, you know, unless they've had a heart attack or they've had a stroke. Most people don't feel anything. And I think, you know, and Dr. Anderson might agree as well, probably the biggest challenge that we have with these patients, especially the younger patients, is that they say, well, I feel fine. I feel great, you know. You know, I, I came in here and my blood pressure is high. and That's the white coat syndrome. But, you know, I feel mm-hmm. – so that's the second one. The first one is, you know, that I feel great. Why do I need to take a medication? And then, and then the second is, oh, yeah, you know, my blood pressure is always high here, you know, but when I check it at home, it's normal. And so I, I have to say that that's probably one of the most challenging uh, you know, because you have to try to educate them and you have to have them come in and bring in their machine to compare it to yours mm-hmm. and, and, and diagnose it. Sometimes you can do 24-hour blood pressure monitors where you monitor their blood pressure numerous times at home and then you get an average and then that will tell you yay or nay. Is it white coat hypertension or is it, you know, true hypertension, true high blood pressure? So it's pretty challenging, but, you know, we got to educate the patients mm-hmm. and, and do what's best. Now, is there white coat hypertension? Of course, you never wear a white coat. I never wear a white coat, so n- my patients all have great blood pressures. Trust oh, that's me. cool. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, none of them are on meds. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, there is there is such a thing, and 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 the way that to diagnose that is is to do that to do a twenty four hour blood pressure monitor. Unfortunately, you know, we don't always have one of those readily available. You know. And so sometimes that's a challenge. And sometimes, you know, maybe their blood pressure is high and you bring them back and then it's okay. And so blood pressure fluctuates from day to day mm-hmm. depending on, you know, hormones and stressors. And so sometimes it's not as easy as just a one-time diagnose, you know, when their blood pressure is high just once. Because, Dr. Anderson, someone going into a doctor's mm-hmm. office uh, sometimes feels stress. 
Absolutely. And, and there are a lot of uh, reasons to have high blood pressure. Uh, so you, you really uh, you don't want to tackle the problem alone. You, you really want to make sure that you're getting uh, the full evaluation. You're getting your blood work. Uh, you are getting the, 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 the early detection in, in, in kidney as far as proteins that are being released uh, that need to be detected to let us kind of help us understand, hey, this is, this is causing an issue that we need to avoid right now. Now, how do uh, kidneys relate to blood pressure. Yeah, the, ki- the kidneys are the primary regulators of blood pressure in the body. Uh, they are the ones, so we were talking about salt earlier. The, the kidneys are the regulators of salt uh, in the bloodstream, in the urine. Uh, so they, they, you know, as, as you uh, age and as the, uh, the blood pressure has its effect on the kidney, the kidney exponentially begins to lose control. Uh, there's really not another way to put it. Uh, it's no longer uh, doing what it's supposed to do for the sodium potassium. It's no longer doing what it's supposed to do as far as clearing uh, toxins from the blood. Uh, these are my patients who end up uh, you know, in the hospital. And the liver plays a role in clearing stuff from your blood? The liver, yes, absolutely. And the liver and the kidneys both play a vital role in clearing uh, things from the blood. Uh, but what ends up in the liver ultimately ends up where? Uh, it, can, it can end up in a couple places, either in the, in, in the intestine or either sec, you know secreted later in the urine, um, and and it just it really depends on what molecule we're talking about. When you look at the relationship between diet and exercise and diabetes, diet and exercise plays a role, Doctor Beck, in other illnesses as well. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Diet and exercise plays a role in problems with people's hearts. Uh, you know, we talked uh, what uh, several several podcasts ago. We talked about uh, sleep apnea, and so obviously, you know, being overweight predisposes you to having sleep apnea, to having heart problems, to having diabetes, to having high blood pressure, to having fatigue, and you know, and then it's just a vicious cycle. You know, where you don't want to exercise and you continue to gain weight. And so, uh, you know, very, very, very important, very important, especially for longevity, you know. You want to live to be into your 90s, you know, or 100. You know, you really want to exercise. You want to move that blood around. You want to be able to open up and dilate those blood vessels. You want to work the heart, you know. The heart is a muscle, so you want to work it out just like you would work out any other muscle, you know. How old is your oldest patient? Uh Currently, uh, I think my oldest patient is probably 97, maybe, 97. I have had patients over 100, but I think currently my oldest is 97. Dr. Anderson? Uh, 99. Wow. Very nice. And how are they doing? They're doing very well. I've had her tell me all the secrets. Ooh. Has she? Well, share. (laughs) What's her secret? Exactly what I've been telling you. Diet, exercise. And yes, exactly. Getting getting the uh, A1C under control, getting the blood pressure. Well, then tell me the role you mentioned in passing when we talked before we started the interview about the Mediterranean diet. Mm -hmm. Uh, You favor that? Do you recommend that to patients? You know, so initially, I try to stay away from fad diets, just in general. Uh, If there's going to be one that I generally recommend, I'm going to start with the Mediterranean diet. Uh, pretty easy to follow. You know, use some olive oil, eat some walnuts, some legumes, beans. We got plenty of those here. Uh, there, you got you got uh, your whole grains, fiber, that kind of stuff. So it's it. Those are the general things I, I try to influence on my patients. I, I love beef and pork, but we got to stay away from the red meat. You know, are you a vegetarian? Uh, no. 
<laughs> I could not pull that off. Yeah, I was going to say it's really a <laughs> no-brainer here, you know, and most patients know what they shouldn't be eating, you know. It's all the processed foods, mm-hmm. all the fast foods, all the frozen foods, you know, the um, uh, cookies and candy and high-sugar, you know, c- you know, foods, foods that are high in, uh, you know, fat. You know, obviously, saturated fat is good to some degree, but it's like, you know, Dr. Anderson said, you want to take things in moderation. You know, even meat's fine, you know, but you don't want to eat red meat every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so most people know what they have to do, but they just, you know, they you know, subconsciously choose to not follow it. See, pork's not red meat. It's the other white meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or so they market it. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so really it's about, you know, uh, you know, you know, you want to have a, you know, low processed foods, high fiber, you know, you want to have an equal portion of your fruits and your vegetables and your grains, you know, and, and it's, it's really stuff that we learned when we were in elementary school. You know, and the, then you mentioned fad diets, uh, Dr. Anderson, yeah. and there's always a fad diet. Sure. sure. The latest one that's out there uh, is very low carb, mm-hmm. very low carb mm-hmm. and higher fat and protein. Uh, and uh, once again, in everything in moderation, that, and that's really going to hold true when it comes to everything. So uh, you, you want to be careful with your carbs. There are valuable sources of carbohydrates. Uh, so I don't want uh, my patients to completely ignore carbohydrates. Uh, as far as the high fat, uh, you know, once again, if you're, eat, if you're getting your sources of fat from um, places that are also you know, causing inflammation in the stomach, uh, that kind of things, you, you can get yourself in trouble. So uh, once again, Moderation, uh, just uh, you can't be having uh, your cake and eat it every day. Got to stop you right there. We are flat out of time, and uh, it's been a pleasure having you in here. Thank you very much. Hey, I really appreciate it. Thank you. And if you want to visit Dr. Anderson, it's easy. Family Medical Home. And uh, thank you to uh, our co host, Joshua Beck. I'm Ron Aaron. And thanks for listening to WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.